Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Ajef Plast, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 211. Thanks very much to everyone who tuned into our last show to hear about the global reach Orient are building. Thanks to Steve Embleton yeah, and his team's efforts. Absolutely. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, it is still available on all your usual podcast platforms. Uh, and thanks very much to Steve for coming in and giving up his uh, Sunday evening uh, to give us fantastic information and hopefully people are a little bit more informed and aware about what the club are trying to do uh, to improve uh, the awareness of our existence, which is probably a lot more than what other clubs uh, are focusing on. But this week, we've only got the Cambridge match to review because last week, Forest Green was postponed and you were quite ill so we couldn't have recorded uh, anyway and we're going to catch you up on the last couple of weeks worth of news in case you've missed anything important or you've forgotten anything so as always we start our shows with uh, a sponsorship note yep so you must know this by now but if you don't we are sponsored proudly sponsored by HF Plastering who are an Essex based plastering and rendering company they cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work they specialise in silicone colour render systems and the best part is they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff and I do believe their latest customer is a certain star man James Dayton so don't take our word for it take Mr James Dayton so if they sound like a company that you need to do up your house or to do up anything that you need doing up you can contact these guys three ways firstly by email by emailing ajfplastering at outlook.com or you can visit AJF Plastering on Facebook, there's a Facebook group for them, or on Twitter by tweeting at Big Ads L O F C. But like we said, don't take our word for it. Go and talk to Mr. Dayton when he's warming up or taking a corner and say, you know, that's that like 15% decent. I'm sure he will say to be fair, they've done very well. There's a number of O's fans that have taken Adam up on his on his offer, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of advocates yeah. of his, including someone in the trade who's seen a lot of plastering work and says how good the work actually is. Shows you the power of the pod. So if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast or getting your message across, do not uh, be shy. Give us an email at orientoutlook@outlook.com. We are always uh, looking for new opportunities to spread the word of Orient fans' businesses. Absolutely. Nicely done there. Supporters Club update. We've got two trips, two new trips actually to tell you about this week. Firstly, on Saturday the 14th of March, so that's this Saturday coming up, coaches to Bradford are leaving at 8.30am for a 3 o'clock kickoff. The adult fare for this one's £36 and £33 for your concessions. And secondly, bookings for the mammoth and epic yeah. away trip to Carlisle on Saturday the 21st of March are now being taken. That's four, uh, sorry, £39 for adults, 36 your concessions. A very, very early departure for this one. It's 7.30 for a 3 o'clock kickoff. That is a huge trip up to the other end of the country. That is a mission. It really is. Um, both trips are going to cost you another £3 if you're not a member. And under-16s can travel for half price, but they've got to be with an adult. And remember, those prices do not include your match day ticket. So you can book for any of these trips by going into the Supporters Club on a match day. Or you can call the travel line on 07722. One three five nine seven zero. So that was an update from our friends at Supporters Club. We've got an update from our friends at the Leighton Orient Trust. A thank you as always to Howard Gould 
for sending uh, his update over, which starts by saying on Monday the 2nd of March, the under-13s girls football team from Bishop Shannon School in Tower Hamlets travelled to Swindon Town to represent the O's in the EFL Utility Girls Cup. Already having come through two rounds of the competition, the winners of the area final would go on to play their counterparts from the north of England in the Girls' Cup final at Wembley prior to the leasing dot-com trophy final. But unfortunately, it was not to be this time as the team representing Plymouth Argyle were winners on the day and will have that prestigious honour. However, the O's will have another chance of being represented at Wembley when, this coming Monday, once again Swindon are the hosts of the EFL Utilita Kids Cup and the under-11s team from Aldersbrook School in Wanstead will be going all out to claim their place on the hallowed turf prior to the League 2 playoff final on the 16th of May. And we wish them all the very best of luck. Yeah, best of luck there to Aldersbrook School. Go and smash it on Monday morning. Absolutely. On Wednesday, the 4th of um, March, Joe Widdison visited Ainsley Wood School in Chingford as part of the World Book Day celebrations and met up with Year 4 and Year 5 pupils who took turns to read to him and chat about their favourite books. Joe has been the club and trust ambassador for literacy this season, visiting a number of primary schools, helping to promote and inspire pupils with their reading skills. Great work there, Mr. Wodosun. He made it clear certain few weeks ago that his favourite books are the Harry Potter books. So, mine used to be Roald Dahl when we were kids. Yeah. James and the Giant Peach, Matilda, The Twits, Charlie and the Chocolate yeah. Factory, obviously. Great. I was a big Roald Dahl Kids fan. of the 80s, huh? So to finish off the trust update, Howard went on to say at the game on Saturday, the Brea Group Foundation invited fans to help with a matchday collection in aid of the JE3 Foundation and Alex Vella from BGF would like to thank all those that helped and gave up their time for this very worthy course. So well done to everyone who was involved in collecting money uh, on Saturday for the JE3 Foundation. I think Howard put up a picture, I think there's about 20, 25 people. So well done, we hope you raised a huge (laughs) amount of money for a very, very worthy course. So well done to all involved. Absolutely. So moving on then uh, to AOB this week, wishing O's fan and podcast listener Jay Gilbert a very speedy recovery from his hip replacement procedure. We wish you a speedy recovery. Yeah, get well soon, Jay. So following episode 210, if you remember, um, Steve Embleton spoke about two US fans who uh, came... Two English fans that went to the US. That's right, who went to the US who met him and Martin, and we said, if that was you guys, please email. And amazingly, last week, we had an email into us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers from James Taylorson, who emailed, and we'll just take snippets out of the email, who said, listening to the last podcast, I heard Steve Emberton mention two people who visited him and Martin at the East Fishkill Sucker Tournament last year <laughs> in upstate New York, and those two people were me and my wife. We used to live on the high road, and we go to every home game. And if you ever heard a loud American lady shrieking from the South Stand, that was us. And last February, we moved to a little town in upstate New York to be closer to my wife's family. And he finished by uh, the email by saying, we'll definitely head down to see them again this year. Keep up the good work with the pod and up the O's from Jimmy and Harry in Cold Spring, New York. A fantastic email. Yeah, amazing. Again, amazing that we can record a podcast in our houses and hang all and Loughton respectively yeah. and someone it goes in New York. as far as someone <clears throat> in New York listening and responding and emailing us so thank you to Jimmy and Eri and if you're listening anywhere in the world anywhere outside of England basically love to hear from you love to hear about how you listen to the podcast give us an email at orientoutlook at outlook.com 
So a couple of thank yous. Thank you to Joey, LOFC, Kay and Ginger Aaron for their very kind reviews of the podcast on iTunes and their five-star ratings. So don't forget, it takes literally two to three minutes to do that. We'd very much appreciate it. It does help us uh, when uh, the iTunes rankings and so on. We'd be very grateful uh, to you if you could give us a bit of a review and a rating uh, in the iTunes or whatever platform you happen to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to you guys for that. And to finish off this epic AOB section mm-hmm. of the podcast Sunshine LOFC Joe Daniel the recently married Joe Daniel so he's off the market now ladies has <laughs> messaged us to say some seats remain available for the sunny to scunny on Saturday the 4th of April £25 per person leaves Laysonstone O'Neill's at 8.30 in the morning if you're interested in this one you can email gfaburton at hotmail.com if you want to book this. And he finishes his message to us by saying, an exceptional refreshment stop has been arranged. And we know that'll be good fun. So if you go and have a great one, and if you want to go, get emailing. I'm sure that'll be a great last away game uh, and adventure to go to this season. Yeah, so the fortnight there was then, so we didn't record last Sunday because obviously Forest Green was cancelled, so we'll cover the, the couple of weeks that were in case you missed anything on the 24th of February, Coulson Monday, that was Jud- Miles Judd's 21st birthday. Happy birthday, Miles Judd. Easy to forget, he's only 21. Feels like he's a lot older. Just say that. He's been around, around for, for so long. Ages. I hope you had a good one, Miles. We are sure you did. So to Huey Tuesday, 25th of February, the O's were in Central League Cup action against Cambridge United with Dean Bill taking charge of the team who lined up as follows. Yeah, with Sam Sargent in goal, Judd, Widdison, Francois Vanal, Sweeney, Kiprianu, Shabani, who was substituted uh, for Papadopoulos in the 73rd minute, Trialist A, uh, who was substituted for Young in the 73rd minute, Dennis, Louis Dennis made an appearance, he was substituted in the 67th minute for Lovett. If any started, Dunbar Bonnie was the final starter. Substitutes that were not used were Solomon and Marfo. So a fairly young side there with a few with a sprinkling yeah. of, of seniors. I agree. So after a goalless first half, Louis Dennis put Orient in front just before the hour mark when he beat two Cambridge defenders and tucked the ball into the corner of the net. However, Cambridge levelled soon after from a free kick and sealed the win in the 72nd minute as they saw out the game to win 2-1. But for me, good run out for some squad players. Mm-hmm. Certainly won't do Louis Dennis' confidence any harm to score fitness. a goal or his fitness. We've been yeah. kind of hearing from Ross and from Martin, to be fair, how good Louis Dennis has been looking in training since yeah. his return from injury. And he's kind of gone on the, under the radar massively since his injury because he's been mm-hmm. nowhere near the first team. So mm-hmm. a fit, a confident... Almost hopefully in, in form Louis Dennis could, could have a massive impact on the last 10 games of the season yeah. fingers crossed absolutely Wednesday the 26th of February I uh, just want to say a massive congratulations to Orient fan Nikki Bristow who welcomed daughter Tilly May Elizabeth into the world it's another granddaughter for Darren Bristow so congratulations to all the family from us yeah. here at Orient Outlet Podcast Towers an ever-expanding Orient family. Absolutely. So the ladies were also in action on Wednesday evening in the Combined Counties Cup. They were at home to Dulwich Hamlet, the team who knocked them out of the Capital Cup the previous Sunday. We are delighted to say they avenged their loss at the weekend as they beat Dulwich Hamlet this time 2-1 with goals from Eagle Trezzy and Ellie Stenning. And those goals are actually up on the Orient WFC Twitter account. Decent goals. Decent goals, yeah. Well done, ladies, and hopefully... They can go on to have much success in this cup. Amen. So then, <laughs> moving on then, Thursday the 27th of February, happy 74th birthday 
to Leighton Orient Supporters Club Chairman, Mr. David yeah, Dodd. Happy birthday. Chigwell resident David Dodd. Happy birthday to you, sir. What a gent. So in Absolutely. the evening of David Dodd's 74th birthday, we were out. We recorded an episode of the Orient Hour with O's Chief Scout Steve Foster, who I always think gives a great insight. Really, really good, interesting. really interesting. And O's found Adam Park, so it was nice to meet you, Adam. Uh, Steve, like we said, great insight. It's an hour long. It's on all the uh, normal podcast accounts that you would find the Orient Hour on. So if you get a free hour, I want to know a bit more about how the club scouts and a bit more how Adam, as a fan, sees things. Give it a listen. Yeah, always good. a great listen. Really it's good. It's great value. Apart from get, not getting home till quite late and obviously making me ill, which I think is one of the reasons why I became ill that long right. Thursday, but we digress. Fine, no problem. Let's move on then to Mooney Friday, the 28th of February. And we want to wish a very happy 27th birthday to Leighton Orient striker Danny Johnson. So happy birthday to you. Yeah, Fox in the box. And the congratulations don't stop there as we welcome to the world Freya Stevens, a daughter for Orient's head of commercial, Josh Stevens and his wife. So congratulations to you and your families. What is going on in this week to make so many birthdays and births? Like what's going on nine months Some before? June. Summer loving, mate. Happy Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Um, so then moving on then, at half past six on Friday evening, the club announced that Sam Sargent has signed a two-year contract extension which means that he's going to be with us until the, uh, until the summer of 2022. Your, your thoughts on that? Good news for Sam. I think when he got his chance this season, I think he'd done okay. He had some good games. He had some not so good games. Yeah, so there's games where he'd be disappointed with some of the things that I happened. I think so. I think the next two years are quite big for Sam. I yeah. think he's had that kind of, um, not kind of excuse, but he's that young keeper coming through the ranks. He's 22 now. So by the time this contract ends, he'll be 24. Yeah. And if you're going to make it as a lead two keeper, by the age of yeah. 24, yeah. you've probably made it. So big two years for Sam, and you know he's probably going to have to really step up to take that number one shirt of Vigaru, I would say. Unless Vigaru gets injured, I can't see Vigaru not being that number one for the foreseeable. Mm. So I think Sam's got big, big two years to kind of develop, prove yeah. himself and get himself to be mm. Orient's number one. And if Lawrence Vigor carries on making match-winning saves yeah. like he did yesterday, then it's going to be hard for Sam. But I'm I'm also pleased that we've secured young talent on a longer-term contract. He's going to learn a lot from Lawrence Vigoru. I think it'd be a good learning curve for him. Um, he's obviously not going to go out on loan because he's the number two goalkeeper. Yeah. So he's obviously not going to go out and get match practice. So these games that, that they're organising in the count the counties games are obviously going to be really important for him. And you've got Reece Otley. Great goalkeeping coach and Dean Brill, although not the goalkeeping coach, is still a coach and has got a wealth of experience that he'll yeah. be passing down to Sam. So it's a great club to be at from a young goalkeeper's perspective. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll see how Sam does over the next two years. So yeah. Saturday, the 29th of February, following an 8 a.m. pitch inspection, the O's away game at Forest Green Rovers was called off as the referee deemed the pitch. Unplayable. So rather than waste the day, the squad went into training. They had a team cycling competition, which was covered fairly extensively on the club's social media accounts. Um, meanwhile, some O's fans took the opportunity on the Sunshine bus, um, who were still craving football. They went to watch XO Dean Cox as his Eastbourne team were in action against Essex side Billericay Town. The match finished one all and a nice little assist 
in the second minute from a certain Dino, <laughs> um, which sent the O's into rapture. The O's fans and I and uh, saw a lot of very, very, very supportive, positive tweets from Eastbourne. Yes. Um, so obviously we we gave an extremely good account of ourselves. Not that we never would, but you know they were very pleased to have another sort of fifty odd people turn up and uh, and supporting them. Yeah, really good to see. So well done everyone who went to that game. So Sunday, the first of March, and the ladies were in league action. It's time against Stevenage, and they beat the team. They faced three two with goals from Sophie Lamarch and Otasha Charles and Fran Alley. So massive well done to the ladies. From us. Absolutely. Moving on then to Monday the 2nd of March, the club's new media and communications manager, Luke Lambourne, joined us. He moved from a similar position at AFC Files. We'd like to welcome uh, you to the club, Luke, and have to make a special mention to Dan Walker, who's done amazingly well standing in as cover and holding the fort since Elliot left for the Premier League. Some of his interviews are are real good quality, and and he did the Orient... um, The O Show, um, and I've watched some of it, and he's really good, actually. A bit of a natural in front of the camera. Yeah, who knew? Don't start your own Orient uh, Orient podcast. (laughs) Who knew, Mr Walker? Who knew? So also on Monday, younger O, Brendan Shabani joined Bishops Stortford on a one-month loan deal, so good luck to Brendan. Obviously, we've used Bishops Stortford really well, obviously. Sotiri's been there, I think Kipriano has been there. So, great experience for Brendan. Hopefully get some month with decent football. maybe. Comes back, so, decent. Absolutely, good luck there. The club announced its nominees for February's goal of the month. Uh, There were four to choose from. Uh, Ruel's first goal uh, against Stevenage. Ruel's second goal against Stevenage. James Brophy's goal against Macclesfield. And James Dayton's goal against Mansfield. And the winner, with 42% of the vote, was Ruel Sotoriu's second goal against Stevenage. So... Well done to Ruel. Yeah, nice to have a goal yeah. in the month competition with actually four, Decent goals. four goals in it and not yeah. two penalties and a tap-in yeah. as per January. So well done, Mr. Satorio. <laughs> so the club also announced its nominees for February's Player of the Month. I only had three, though, but all three were worthy worthy nominees. The three being James Brophy, Oos Cisse and Craig Clay. And the winner, with over 50% of the vote, Amazing. was the King, Oos Cisse. Well so Cisse... Been fantastic since he's been here. He really has been a game changer of the team. Having him in the team has allowed Clay to play his more natural game, and we're seeing the benefits of that. The yeah. defence look more confident. We're yeah. seeing same in front of them, uh, and also it gives us the option. I'm sure we'll talk about to not have both Wright and Clay, and you can have a more attacking midfielder in Dayton by having yeah. Cisse there. So it completely has changed the dynamic of the team. That one player. My only hope now is that we can tie him down early mm. because the last one we all want is another Ebu Adams situation where a player comes on loan you go, this guy is head and shoulders right for the club. Really good player. And, and you take it as a rivals. sir, he's yeah. going to sign and then it takes time and two weeks later he'll end up signing for another League 2 club in mm. the summer. So really good so far. Hopefully we can make that move permanent. It looks like Oos is quite settled from what I can see on Instagram and from what he's saying. He's saying all the right things and Ross is saying the right things that meet the supporters' evenings and everyone knows how much of a difference Oos has made. So so hopefully he'll be an Orient player. It's quite surprised that Gillingham have let him go, to be honest with you. I don't yeah, but I can't remember how well they're doing. Gillingham the doing very well. They're in a very good run of form. They drew away yesterday to Sunderland 2 all. Oh yes, they did. They're doing really well, so he just can't get in the Sunderland team 
Uh, sorry, the Gillingham team, but yeah. hopefully their loss will be our gain. Hopefully, like we said, we can make it happen. And Again. he's coming into a good group of players as well, so that kind of helps him settle in even more and yeah. allow him to play his football in his favourite position. It's working well for him, so fingers crossed. You think it'll be a win-win for both parties, hopefully. Yep. Tuesday the 3rd of March, as we move through the second week now, Central League Cup clash between the O's and NK Dons was postponed at the request of the Dons. Yeah, Wednesday 4th of March, and the ladies were due to be in Ismin Cup semi-final action against Billericay, but as so many games have recently, this one was postponed due to the weather. And the club announced that our postponed match against Forest Green Rovers has been rearranged and will now take place on Tuesday the 31st of March. It's a shame that one, because I think there's yeah. so many people looking forward to going, like a new ground, obviously a bit of a different ground, being a meat-free stadium. And bit, a bit eco-friendly stadium. Eco-friendly, yeah. obviously had the whole Mark Cooper scandal back in, yeah. the, back in the last year. I think it would have been a real kind of but they great had, atmosphere. The Tuesday night, even though it would still be a good atmosphere, it won't be as kind of scintillating as what that Saturday would have been. So it'd be quite drab. And the fact that they had a massive injury list and the fact that they were complete, they're like not in great form. Although they won yesterday, the fact that they've been out of form would they, have been a prime time to play them. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy <laughs> here, but it's too coincidental. The fact that they had key players out, they weren't winning. And I think we mentioned on the Orient Hour when we were on it that the fact that since they played us out of I don't know 15 odd games it was that they've only won two of them great result yesterday beating Swindon away yeah, local rival 2-0 yeah. and they only need to get two or three wins on the bounce and they'll be back in or around the playoffs exactly. so by the time we play them it could be a very vital precisely my point vital match but we will see so Thursday the 5th of March and the club published highlights of the recent Meet the Chairman evening with Nigel Travis on YouTube in two parts we were there. We recorded both Q&A sessions. We merged them into one podcast. Very easy for you to listen to. It's available on all our normal platforms. So if you haven't watched it on YouTube yet, and if you haven't listened yet, go back straight after you're done with this episode. Listen to an hour, seven minutes with Nigel, uh, aided by Martin Ling and Danny Macklin as he took several questions from the floor. And I always, Nigel, answered them openly, honestly, with yeah. integrity. And quite an interesting listener, I thought. Absolutely. So go back and listen to that one. So just to be clear, that's not the whole evening, that's just the Q&A part. So moving on then to Friday the 6th of March, a very happy birthday to long-time listener of this podcast, Stuart Hebron. We hope yes. you had a great day. Stuart Hebron, one of the early disciples of the Orient Outlook <laughs> podcast. And also on the Friday, the club announced the launch of a new matchday scheme which aims to support the ongoing success of the Leighton Orient Academy with net profits from programme sales, food and drink sales and internal bar sales going directly to the academy. So basically, if you spend any money on programs, food and drink, or in the bar, it goes directly into the youth academy. So again, that can only be a good thing. So basically, don't academy. go to the coaching horses, don't go to the Leighton <laughs> Star, don't eat in KFC, the Royal Calf, or any other food outlet on the high road. Go straight into the ground and spend all your money there because it's all going towards the academy. <laughs> so moving on then to Saturday, the 7th of March. The main event was obviously Cambridge at home. Uh, as always, we run a Twitter poll before the game to find out how you think the O's will get on in this one. And we only had 158 votes in 24 hours. And the voting finished as follows. 15% thought we would lose. 28% thought we'd draw, but a whopping 57% thought Orient would win. So thanks to everyone who took the two seconds that it takes to vote yeah. for voting. So when we were on the Orient Hours, Park Paul's prep, he done a bit of pre-match uh, looking into results of the 
Probably that ha- I had a helping hand from Daniel Gargoyle. Poland, so I think Paul enjoyed it. So I think this has got potential to turn into a new feature of the show. So it's time Possibly, for yeah. Paul's pre-match stats. <laughs> so since we beat Cambridge, they've played 14 games. They've won five, drawn two, lost seven. Notable losses came against Salford, where they lost 4-0 at home. Colin Calderwood was sacked immediately after this game. Swindon away, they lost 4-0. And Stevenage, they lost away 4-0. So a whopping minus 12 on the goal difference. And to lose at home to the clubs, to the, to the league's bottom side um, obviously doesn't really help either. But since they've sacked Colin Calderwood and Mark, bon, uh, Mark Bonner has taken charge, they've played six and they've won four, drawn one, lost one. So they've taken 13 points from 18. So they've made themselves... A really, really tough side to uh, uh, to to beat and only lose one in their last six is, is really decent. For That's them. a decent new manager bounce. Correct. That is 13 from 18, so it's going to be a difficult game. So thank you for your pre-match stats. Welcome. We'll go again uh, next time you're on the pod. Absolutely. We'll come on to it. You're not on next week, so the team was oh, yeah, announced. But I can still put it in for you. <laughs> Absolutely. At 2pm as follows. So Lawrence Vigaru in goal. The back four of George Marsh, Dan Happy, Josh Coulson. And James Brophy, the midfield of King Goose, Craig Clay and James Dayton. Uh, and up top, JMD, Danny Johnson, Fox in the Box and Ross Satori. And on the bench, we had Sam Ling, Joe Widowson, Hector Kiprianu, Joby McEnough, McEnough, Joby McEnough, Louis Dennis, Matt Harold, and Lee Angle. Absolutely so. That meant that there were two changes from the last starting lineup against Oldham as James Dayton came in for Josh Wright, who missed out. With a quad injury, and Ruel Satori, who came in for Connor Wilkinson, who missed out with a knock. As Joby McEnough, Sam Ling, and Louis Dennis were named on the bench. Sam Sargent missed out through a soldier, a sh- sorry, a soldier injury, through a shoulder injury, <laughs> while XO, XO Victor Adibayejo started for Cambridge, and sadly, another XO, our prodigal son, forward Jabo Iberi was also injured, so he missed out. And Orient coach Dean Brill was also absent through illness, so we wish you better, Dean. Thoughts yeah. on that? Very nice, decent team. Defence, as you'd expect. I think the midfield, I think it's been highlighted before, Clay and Wright, potentially two similar players. So when you have them both on the pitch, there's not really an attacking element. So even though Josh is injured, mm-hmm. it's quite nice to have Ouse who kind of sits back. Clay, who does a lot of industrial work, a bit ahead of CSA and Dayton, who we know when he gets the ball and when he's a confident, full-flowing and fit James Dayton is capable of making anything happen. So happy yeah. with the starting eleven, and looking at the bench and you go and Sam Lim, who arguably is probably first-choice right-back when he's fit, good sub to have. Over Marsh now? Probably. he'll just take it straight off Marsh? I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think he will. Widowson, who's more than capable, decent player on the bench. Problem is now, James Bro- you'd argue that James Brophy's kind of played himself into that left-back slot, say, so Joe probably might not I get I would say, but Joby McEnough having back a lot sooner than what 100%. I expected personally. He's massive to have on the bench. Louis Dennis, who we spoke about, who scores the goal against Cambridge in the Capital Cup a week previously, mm-hmm. who's, like we said, almost a forgotten player, almost like a new deadline day signing, if yeah. you would. Uh, and Angle, who's quality, and Lee Harold, Matt Harold, who we all know can come up with a goal when he needs to, so... It's good to see the injuries getting better, which is strengthening the eleven and strengthening the bench, giving Ross more options. And there's players who, Turley, still out, Sterling, who we've not even spoke about, who's supposed to be an absolute quality player. Yeah, when he's fit. When he's really, fit. Yeah, Marsh. And obviously, you know, Wilkinson's out, Wright's out, Marsh is out, 
sergeants out. March, and the only thing you look March, at that bench March. by going there, you go, there's no substitute keeper. So Vigaru gets injured within the first five minutes. We are potentially... Who goes in goal? Matt yeah. Harold? Well, I think you said Matt Harold with Ernie in his first match. I think he mentioned Matt Right, OK. You, what are your views on the team? Yeah, no, good to see Dayton back in the squad. I'm a big James Dayton fan. Here we like, go. He's, he's a good attacking threat. <laughs> well, we win when he's in the side, so yeah. Mansfield and today. Um, hope he has another positive impact. I wrote this at the time. Good to see some of the long-term injuries coming back, like you said, but disappointed that we've got new injuries now. Yeah, good up. point. It's just a bit of a revolving door. We get sort of three back in and then two go back, back in the squad and then two kind of come out the squad yeah. so it's kind of like a, an ongoing which I know every club has but it just seems that there's a forever you know Keaton and his team are forever busy they're the, they're the people that you in the club that out of yeah. anyone that you want them to be the least busy um, we had a few tweets coming off the back of um, the announcement of the squad and better later never said Mackenough on the bench the good times are returning. Yeah, good tweet. George Nicholas underscore one said, I hope Johnson gets some support <coughs> on balls across the box. No point in lumping the ball up to him. Going to be a tough one. A lot rules shoulders. He's the only one I can see being able to really run at Cambridge as Brophy is fullback again. And it's a risk having to push him up too often. We had a lot more tweets before the game, but we've got a lot to come post-match. So thank you for all your tweets. Absolutely. So the match kicked off at Brisbane Road with the O's looking to make it seven unbeaten at home and looking to pick up some valuable points against an improved and improving Cambridge United team. And we started the match sharply in the second minute. JMD's free kick was headed back across goal by Josh Coulson. Ruel Satoru headed over the bar. And in the sixth minute, Danny Johnson did well to hold off his marker. Unfortunately, his effort went just wide. Yeah, 10th minute, the O's break from a Cambridge free kick. And after good work from Danny Johnson, JMD had a shot saved by Burton. And then just a minute later this time, it was Raul Satori who had an effort, which Burton saved again. So for me, 11 minutes in, yeah. four shots on goal. How good does that feel to say exactly. pressure on the Cambridge from the goal? Off. Good start. From the off. Good start. We've come so out at confident. it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's exactly how a game should be. We shouldn't be starting off laboured and slow Agreed. and let them come at us. We need to get out and really suck it to them from the uh, for, uh, suck it to them from the very first minute. But the O's weren't to be denied for long. Our pressure pays off in the 17th minute. A superb tackle from James Brophy set up a counter-attack as Oos Cissé passed the ball to Craig Clay who drove forward from just inside the Orient half with a powerful run. He held off his marker really, really well, actually. If you watch the highlights back, I think he actually, like, GBH, I think, you know, he, he's kind of, like, cuffed him <laughs> a little bit. Not the guy spark out. Uh, referee didn't give anything. And um, uh, he, found, he found JMD inside the box, who, after a step over, shot into the far corner of the net from a tight angle in front of the north stand, the family stand, who don't see too many goals <laughs> apparently, made it 1-0 to the Orient. And I thought that was a brilliant goal. A lot of credit to Craig Clay who drove forward there. And, and JMD still had a lot of work to do and he did very well. Good finish. I'd like to see more of that from JMD. But a well-deserved lead, I think, at that point. We've not really spoken about Cambridge putting any pressure on our goal. So Clay's done well there. Better luck. Like you said, Clay's arm does come out when their man goes down and the ref allows play on I've seen games stopped for yeah, less than and that. booked yeah but hopefully that's the luck starting to turn so really good and JMD good finish more of that please young Jordan Maguire Drew yeah, do you know absolutely. what I mean took yeah. it really well little step over exquisite finish 1-0 love it so we were 1-0 up in the 23rd minute JMD scooped the ball up onto the oncoming Raw Satoru but Raw pulls the trigger a fraction too early and the yeah. chance is gone 
So, nine minutes later in the 32nd, Dunk's curl free kick was nodded goalwards by Mullin with Lawrence Vigarou beaten. The ball bounces off the post to safety, so, so a huge let off. That was so close, but we saying, with having the luck there, which goes for us, correct Clay's run, it, hopefully that luck is now changing because if that was back in September or October, goes in. It, it hits the other side of the post and rolls into the net, and it's yeah. one all, and we probably go and lose the game. But hits the post, goes to safety, we're still one up. Yeah, that's exactly the sort of luck that we've been missing in those yeah. games. You're absolutely Agreed. spot on. Thank you, mate. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> 34 minutes on the clock then. JMD cut in from the right wing, beat his man and curled an effort, but Burton palmed the ball clear. Now, you made a comment before we uh, started recording about their keeper sort of punching and not actually catching anything. So, again, a situation that we're reading out here where he's palmed the ball, palmed the ball clear. Decent um, effort by JMD, I thought. You can tell he's just scored confident. Gets his head down, shoots early. I thought the keeper done all right there, to be mm. fair. I think their keeper, on the easier keeping tasks, made them really difficult. But actually, throughout the game, as we'll talk about, made some pretty decent saves. Although he wasn't a very good keeper, mm. if that makes any sense. He makes two mistakes. Well, I don't know if you're going off to be Burton in goal from Cambridge or Vigaru, who would I want as my number one keeper? It's an absolute no-brainer. Burton, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's a 45th minute and a great tackle from Dan Happy, dispossessed XO Victor Adebayejo when he was in a dangerous position. And Danny Johnson was booked for a challenge shortly after as three minutes of added time were held up on the assistant referee's board. Yeah, before the half-time whistle could be blown, the O's made it 2-0. We doubled our lead as James Brophy went on a run. He passed it into Dayton, uh, just uh, just across to James Dayton, just outside the box. His shot first time was spilled by Burton, right into the path of the fox in the box, Danny Johnson, who, who was straight onto it, held off his man and put the ball in the back of the net, again in the north stand, so they can't complain they're not seeing any goals there anymore. And that was his second Orient goal and Orient's second on the day. And again, huge credit to James Brophy, who took the initiative well. from left back, Drove all the way forward, set up uh, James Dayton. Uh, and Johnson, again, did very well to react and respond and to want it that little bit more than their man wanted it. And like we've said earlier and mentioned a few times, he's just that guy that, that's lurking that we've been missing. Very reminiscent um, of a Macaulay Bonko, that. You think? Yeah, just just there in the right position, right time and takes it. And like you've said, the thing that I really like about that goal is the fact that Johnson wants it more than the defender. He mm. shouldn't have beat that defender. The defender should beat, should beat him to him, it. Yeah. But he's just got that will and a bit more aggressiveness and when he's going for the ball. And that's what all good strikers have. And that's the difference between a striker who might get you five goals a season yeah. and somebody who might get you 15 to 20. Yeah. If that was Leanne goal going for that ball, I'm not sure he would have the same aggressiveness as what Danny Johnson had yesterday. Oh, I don't know. Could be playing devil's advocate, mm. but I thought Johnson really wanted that goal and nothing was going to stop him from getting that ball. But yeah. I think their keeper, like we said, Burton, I think Burton would be quite disappointed with that. But great for us, great time to score uh, and a fully deserved 2-0 lead going into half-time as the whistle went shortly after 2-0 up in control of the game, I think it's fair to say. I think you're absolutely right. Leighton underscore Eas tweeted in and said, entertaining half, Clay and Brophy have been outstanding. J and D and Ruel look dangerous. Cisse's been dominant and Johnson doing what he was bought in for. Hashtag Fox in the box. Yeah, the tweet from Alan Reeves too. So look what happens when sideways Sid isn't there to slowly attacks down and you play centre forward in a centre forward position. It really is that simple. So obviously sideways Sid 
alluding to Josh Wright, but obviously, again, not having Clay and Wright in the same team enables you to have a player like James Dayton, who, if the second goal, if the ball comes to a Wright or a Clay, they ain't shooting. It's going across goal, it's an extra pass. Whereas Dayton takes the shot on, and then Johnson scores from the rebound. If... Dayton isn't on the pitch yesterday. Yeah, we ain't going two 0 up at half time. No, because they're passing sideways. So I'm not sure I would call him sideways, Sid. I think that's a bit disrespectful. But I see the point in that. Yeah, we play the extra pass rather than take the shot. Yeah, yeah I'm a fan of Josh Wright, but I do understand pe- people's criticism of him in the fact that sometimes there is an extra pass too many or a couple of extra passes too many, rather than just being a bit more direct, being a bit aggressive. Yeah. Um, and look what comes of it. So the attendance was announced 5,813 with 1,256 away. That is an epic uh, attendance. I don't know where that stands in the league attendances for yesterday, but uh, to have nearly 6,000 in for a League 2 match is, is a very, very decent effort. M11 Derby, mate. Absolutely, M11 yeah. M11 Derby, my friend. But, but, but it has been known that they haven't brought that many people down at yeah. times. Yeah, well, they're doing well, aren't they? You know, fully supported, an outside chance. A very slim chance of the playoffs. Yeah. And probably, yeah, a nice local way. So let's find out how we done in the second half. So no subs for the O's at the start of the half. We came out looking to extend our lead and had some good chances as Craig Clay fired over in the 47th minute. And in the 51st minute, a fumble by Burton almost ended up in his own net from the corner as it was rolling in, but it was cleared by a Cambridge defender. And in the 52nd minute, this time a great effort from Danny Johnson. Strikes the ball first time from close range. It looks like it was going to be 3-0 but Burton somehow saved it to keep the scores at 2-0. Yeah, that was actually a brilliant yeah, save by their keeper and credit to, to Danny Johnson who did everything right. Agree. I think yeah. Johnson, head down, great shot. Keeper just does well. Yeah, absolutely. Good reaction save from him. 57 minutes on the clock then and Jordan Maguire, Drew's free kick, picked out uh, Usise, whose header is just over the bar and then in the 61st minute, unfortunately, George Marsh picked up a yellow card. So in the 65th minute, Cambridge pulled a goal back as a free kick just inside our half, was launched into our box. Cambridge won the knockdown. Marlin beat Usise, got an opportunity to shoot from a very tight angle, finished it really well, past Vigaru and suddenly... It's 2-1. Now, I've given we you my thoughts about how on, good he was I've just given a minute you my ago. thoughts on Cissé. I think he's brilliant. But I think Cissé has to do better there. 100%. I'm very disappointed in Cissé there. He's big. He's strong. Just guard, just guard the ball from the man. Don't let him take it round you. Especially when if he takes it round you, he's then going to have a brilliant opportunity. Because he's, he's only six or seven or eight yards out of goal from goal. Yeah, tight I mean, angle though. To be fair, Lawrence Figaro closes that angle for him really tightly, and he does very well to it's score. It's a good that. finish, but defensively, it's a long ball into the box that you could argue we should do better with the original knockdown that we don't. So we miss out the knockdown, and then they beat us to the ball, get in behind the defence, and smash it. So even though a good finish, I think Ross uh, and the coaching staff will be disappointed in the way that goal came about. But 25 yeah, minutes to left to play and for being quite comfortable it's now a one goal lead and we all know how nervy Brisbane Road can get when you go from a two goal lead. long enough to win the game really. Yeah, one I do agree with you. I, I, I don't think he does enough there but take nothing away from their man who still has an awful lot yeah. of work to do. It's a good turn by their man and it was a really tight angle as well. So kudos, it was a good goal good from goal. their part um, but it was preventable. Um, three minutes later, though, it was time for the long-awaited return of Captain Joby McEnough as he replaced James Dayton in our first substitution of the afternoon as he was given the captain's armband straight away in a really nice move from Josh Coulson. And Joby got straight into the action. 
as we won a free kick, which he delivered and was headed behind for a corner that came to nothing in the 73rd minute. Yeah, really nice to see Joby McIlroy yeah. back on the pitch. I think the video of him coming onto the pitch is on like, the club's Twitter account of days coming off and everyone standing up and clapping him yeah. as they should as he deserves to be applauded on 75th minute then double substitution for the O's as Danny Johnson was replaced by Leanne Gold and JMD was replaced by Joe Widowson 83 minutes on the clock then good work on the right from Royal Satoru sees him cross into the box and JB McEnough caught the ball sweetly with a volley which is well saved by Burton and for me so unlucky to score he did really, really well, JB, to, to strike that so sweetly and so crisply. But also, huge credit to Raul Satoru, who drove into the box. It was nicely set up for him. He's driven into the box. He's got a man in front of him. He takes the time to look up to see who's in the yeah. box. He can only see Joby there. And he's put an inch-perfect pinpoint cross over to Joby in front of him so that he can just bang it. Um, not enough, not enough made of that for me. So Toru's done very well there. And like you said, that, that cross has gone to where that cross is supposed to go. He's not Correct. picked out a random pass to Joby. If anything, Joby's hit it too sweetly. He's hit it too well. Sometimes you need to scuff <coughs> it a little bit and come off like the outside of a toe and it curls in. He's hit it so sweetly, it's almost rocketed down the keeper's mouth. Yeah, yeah. And he saved it. But that, that literally would have been the cherry on the cake. Imagine and the south stand would have gone absolutely ballistic had it gone in, but it yeah. didn't. So we've got to the 90 minutes, still 2-1 up. Four minutes of time were added on. And in the second minute of this time, Lawrence Figaro made an outstanding and arguably match-winning save to deny Jack Rolls, who basically got onto the left-hand side of our area, mm-hmm. beat two men, tried to curl one into the top corner, which was heading into the top corner, but yeah. a strong, very strong arm from Lawrence Figaro turned the ball away for a corner as the ball went over the bar very good save like you said match when he say it is because that goes in we've only got a point it's a very different outlook the tweets we get are all very different and the uh, feeling around the, 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 <laughs> you know, the Orient supporters um, not is, the first time we've seen Vigory make a save like that and a very late save as well Yeah, but again shows you the quality that we now have that we've done in January through Lawrence Vigory so great piece brilliant. of business to get him and Usin then and shortly after the referee brought the game to an end, Azorin secured all three points to make it seven unbeaten at home, which, according to Dave Victor, stretches back to the 13-14 yeah. season. Uh, and also, we're unbeaten at home on Joby McEnough's return to the squad and to complete a league double over Cambridge United because we won 3-2 there just before Christmas. Yeah, so always excellent. nice to complete a league double over anyone, but especially nice to complete it over Cambridge United. So Ross Embleton, the third outlooker, we love him, but we are not going to play a nine-minute interview from Ross. So, Mr. Embleton, if you're listening, come on, shorten your interviews down. Five minutes is more than apt for us. We can't play a nine-minute interview on a podcast, Ross. But we have taken a quote from Ross, who said, I'm very disappointed with the goal we let in, but I think today, especially in the first hour, we showed some real control on the game, and I think, probably for the first time in a while, created a lot more opportunities at goal. I'm pleased with the all-round performance. I'm pleased to get over the line. And it's pleasing that we managed to see it through. He finished the interview by saying, last year it was a tough place for anybody to come, but we weren't picking up the results and certainly weren't putting in the performance that we wanted. We've corrected it and I feel we're really making it a difficult place to come. Yeah, nice quote to end on there. And seven games unbeaten would 
would suggest that we are making a different, a di- difficult are. place to come. Joby yeah. McEnough was also interviewed after the game, said it was a really special moment. It's been a long journey with times where there were doubts whether I'd get back on the pitch. So from that point of view, there's been a lot of hard work and support, not just from my family, but from everyone at the football club. They've been very patient and I'm just delighted to get back out there. And it was a fantastic reception from everybody here. League table then. So that mean, that win means that the O's move up two places to 17th in League 2 as we have now played 36 games. We've won 10 of those. We've drawn 12 and lost 14. We've got a goal difference now of minus 8 and we are on 42 points. Yeah, I mean, someone made the point on Twitter saying we've actually lost the same amount of games as Northampton. Who are in the, Who are in the playoffs. The difference between us and Northampton is... Northampton don't really draw many games. They turn their draws into wins, which is what we're doing. Actually, losing 14 out of 36 ain't that bad. It's the only winning 10 out of the 36 where you can argue that we are. So hopefully we take it on to next season, turn the draws into wins and really, really... Turn the losses into draws. Absolutely, yeah. For some of those losses, you'd argue, yeah, if you turn two or three of those losses into draws and two or three of those draws into wins... You're going to be doing all right. Yeah, and there's games fair. that you can all think of at the top of your head where we really should have got a win and we've lost. So yeah. Like Crawley at home where we lost 3 2. Scunthorpe United at home where we lost 2. Like, that's six points instantly. Yeah. You, know, you should really take two out of the loss and go into the win. And I'm sure Ross probably does that all, all the time. Yeah. So, your views on yesterday, Mr. Levy? Delighted with that win. Obviously, no surprise uh, to, to hear me say that. Great performance as well. And when we click, we really are a match for. For most teams in this league, I think. Also great to have double figures in our win column now. Uh, I've been quite critical of Jordan Maguire, Drew and Craig Clay, but today they delivered and have been missing uh, in... Uh, sorry, they've delivered what we've been missing, what's been missing in many games. Does not having Josh Wright there allow them more freedom to attack? I think, we've, I think yes. Ultimately, like we've mentioned, if the ball comes to a Clay or Wright before the second goal we don't shoot we pass it mm. yeah so I don't mean that disrespectfully to Josh because he's he's our top goal scorer yeah. he has an impact on a lot of the stuff that we do but I think you're right I think sometimes it's just we're less direct with Josh he likes that extra pass maybe that's through instruction from Ross um, maybe when he's not available the others aren't like that so it's a bit more direct and a bit more blunt uh, Blunt object type uh, striking. Um, I, I like it. You know, I think we play seem to play with a bit more freedom and a little bit more zap about us as well. I think the front three of uh, Satoru Johnson, Johnson, JMD, and JMD is more exciting to me than having Lee. Connor or Lee or Lee in the team hmm. because you know JMD on his day is absolutely capable of anything. Can pull it out of the hat. Because uh, the problem is, just like Sotoriu is, and we know Danny Johnson has got a proven record in the middle of scoring, essentially, if he gets the service. So I actually thought the front three was actually a very good front three yesterday. That you look at, you go, that's actually quite an exciting front three to mm. look at. A bit more exciting, playing to our strengths more, I think. You've got JMD on a wing, which is where he really should be. So you go, okay, that's exciting. Sotoriu, who we know has got the pace and the confidence to beat full-backs in this league for fun, and Danny Johnson in the middle, who ultimately needs to play in the middle to his strength. So, for me, yeah, when I saw that three, I thought, it's good, I'll take that. 
Anyway, I'll back to your views, Harley. Yeah, you have. Um, but I'll carry on. As I mentioned before we started the Cambridge Review, Cambridge have made themselves a hard team to beat, so to get a win was very important for us, and it means we've done double over them. And it's not always a good thing to have a week off when everyone else has played, but that didn't seem to affect us, thankfully. So full credit to Ross and the coaching staff there. And finally, a welcome back to Joby McEnough, who nearly finished off a wonderful cross with a superb volley. Look forward to seeing you on the pitch over the last 10 games of this season so you're yeah I thought it was a very good win I think there's lots of positives to take uh, out of this one lots of mm-hmm. chances created in the first half four in the first 11 minutes that we've touched upon mm-hmm. which is really good lots of people tweeting in saying that was the best half of football that they've seen this season it's quite hard to argue based on the chances but let's ho- not hope that that's a one-off absolutely yeah, especially from players like JMD who we know is capable of, Great play. of doing it and just needs to find that consistency yeah Danny Johnson now truly off the mark two in his last two we all know strikers thrive on confidence so hopefully this is the start of Danny getting close to double figures for us in the season yeah and the thing I liked about both goals is that it, it comes from exciting runs from midfield or defence so the first goal was all driven by Craig Clay who's running at their defence which is what we want to see more of and the second goal was, is driven by James Brophy running at their defence so it was good attacking football being played and we know Brophy with the ball at his feet is as good as anyone in League 2 and Clay is showing glimpses of the player he was last season when you think about it you've got Jordan who's got a bit of pace on him you've got Ruel who's got a bit of pace on him you've got James Dayton James Brophy you've got Craig Clay that can break at speed yeah, absolutely. that's quite frightening for pace wise yeah absolutely I mean it could have been Freedom up by the time Cambridge have scored. So I guess you could say we could be more clinical, but I think mm. their keepers made some decent saves and yeah, decent great. points. And it could be a very different outlook if Vigoro doesn't save that ball at the end. But for me, a huge kudos to Joby McEnough, who must have felt amazing running onto the pitch. And I don't think it can be underestimated how vital his return is. And not just to everyone at the club, but to the fan base, who you could tell were more than lifted by Joby back. And I think he still has a major part to play in the last 10 games and Ross has spoken about wanting to get a positive goal difference and I think Joby McEnough will have a massive part to play if we are to achieve that. So great for that. I'm also going to mention Dal Gorman, the forgotten man who's gone to Newport County on loan. Last week, Newport got battered at Oldham 5-0. Their manager came out at full time said the only player with any credit on the pitch from Newport County was Dal Gorman. So he got some good, good, spot, good yeah. words last week. And yesterday, Dal Gorman scores the only goal in a 1-0 win for Newport County uh, against whoever they beat with an outrageous, cheeky little lob that he clearly meant. So he's doing really well down there. So maybe, you know, have we got a player in Dal Gorman who we've just neglected a neglected bit? Neglected a bit, yeah. yeah. But to finish, lots of positives to take from the win. It gives Ross a real platform to build on for the last 10 games of the season. And, you know, great to see, as we'll read out, a real, real encouraging uh sense of belief in the fan base and the tweets which hasn't been the case shall we say for most of the se- most yeah. of the season so yeah really good really happy really has been a, a readjustment season, yeah of course it has uh, more than a, a build on season so those were our views and we had a huge amount of feedback after this match uh, again thanks to everybody who sent their views into our social media accounts and we'll read out as many as we possibly can but just because we read them it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with them and we'll start this week with our sponsor Big Ads LOFC who said I thought we played well a few edgy moments but that's typical Orient Coulson and Clay were excellent and the front three caused problems also thought our corners and crosses caused Cambridge problems and the icing on the cake for me was the return of Joby Mack someone who's gone under the radar 
but seems to be finding his feet again lead two is Josh Corson mm-hmm. who was getting absolutely mm-hmm. slated at the beginning of the season has only really come back in the team due to Marv. the injury of Marvin Ekbeteta but Josh Corson has proven that you know he's, he's learned got the experience yeah. he's got the experience big big player coming back for Orion and yeah. a, a real mo- a real kind I'm of influential well. player on the pitch yeah Richie J Ball and in the dressing room as well because he's very well liked he's a, he's a good guy to have around the dressing room and and you know, this this means a lot. I think him and his family have settled into the Orient Way yeah. very, very nicely and very easy. And you can see why a small family club like Cambridge, for example, that he's so highly regarded by everybody there because he plays and he's that kind of guy. So Big game absolutely. for Josh Corson yesterday. Yeah. Cambridge United, that's his biggest game of the season at home. For him, yeah. That's Home a big one. Away, yeah. So Rishi J. Bourne says, should have been more comfortable than what it was. Good to have Johnson, the fox in the box, who looks up for it and makes us more dangerous in attacks but shouldn't have been a nervy finish. Stephen, LOFC, NUFC, said one of the more enjoyable games of the season. Two rare first-half goals at our end, the return of Joby and some refereeing ineptitude to help the atmosphere. Good performance by pretty much everybody and good subs by Ross. So Stephen is a North stander. Stephen, come over to the South stand and have some fun. <laughs> Tyler goals. Osborne, 0 4 <laughs> This is good, well-rounded performance all round. Great game again from the big man Usise, and good to see Brophy getting a spell further up the pitch. Promising performance from Joby, showing he's still got it in the locker. A great three points. Record Blue App said played pretty well today. Thought Clay had a good game and has been solid since. Cisse came into the side very happy and ready to celebrate down the coach and horses. Absolutely. Hope you had a good one, Paul. Kevlar, P18, says Craig Clay was different class. Cissé at a rock as normal. Brophy, absolutely outstanding again, and is a danger from left-back who fully deserved man of the match. Defending again isn't as strong as I would like, but did the job when needed. Joby settled the team once on. Well done to all. And I think there's a tweet a bit later on, but the whole James Brophy shouldn't be a left-back, should be a left midfielder. There's more voices going now. It's going, actually, do you know what? I see why he's a left-back. He's starting to convince people. It's almost like having that another attacker there. In the left-back position, like he's like a, a wolf in it's sheep's it's a, clothing. It's a very interesting one. Yeah. You, as a left-back, you wouldn't think he'd be able to do what he can do. It gives Ross another attacking option. So Correct. And he's already on the pitch. Yeah. yeah, the last time we did that was Charlie Daniels when he got moved from left midfield. When he was on loan from Spurs to us, he was a left midfielder. Not overly impactful, but then when he signed permanently for us, he then moved to left-back yeah. and now he's one of the Premier League's Premier most yeah. consistent left-backs. So you never know what might happen. Paul Very Skinner, true. 88, said a great first half, absolutely dominant. It makes such a change when they're always looking for the forward pass or making space and Wright doesn't do that. Ref's cards must have been glued to his pocket. Lovely to see McEnough back, who looked surprisingly sharp. Vince Howard, 73, said far more direct than we've ever been this season. It's such a shame that brilliant volley from Joby didn't go in. Also a nice touch from Josh to hand the captain's armband over to Joby. Daniel underscore D44 said, Clay, Brophy, Happy and Johnson were absolutely superb today. Having Cissé in the middle frees up Clay and protects the defence and not having right in the starting 11 makes us a much better attacking team with a much faster tempo. Great to see Joby back. I mean, Electrics has not been a massive critic of Josh Wright, but we do look a better team without him. Clay immense today and Cissé so calm. Hope Boy 291 said 90 minutes of commitment. Brophy was immense. The ta- that tackle in the first half, wow. Reception for Joby was heartwarming. Heck, how have we missed that for Yeah, or at Ballbags, it was a good performance all round and should have won the game by more. Going forward, it's got to be a central pairing of Clay and Cissé. Great to see Joby back out on the pitch and lucky not to score. Brophy, my man of the match, great going forward 
and made some vital tackles. So like we said, Brophy really getting a lot of plaudits, as well as Clay, as well as everyone. Uh, really, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Soicher said, very impressive performance. Ross put out the right team and they did the job. Great to see Joby back. Thought Colson did well. Uh, hopefully, we can maintain this level for the rest yeah. of the season. Really, rainy day to play some good stuff, particularly the first half. Brophy was brilliant, making great tackles and interceptions and moving forward at pace has made left-back his own. Clay and Cissé are a great partnership. Satoria and Johnson linked well, promising signs for next season. Janine Edelman said, a real antidote for what was a sad and tough week. Football is so great for taking out, taking you out of yourself. Really enjoyed seeing a good performance, a win for the Mighty O's, and a joy seeing the return uh, of the great Jamie McEnough. So I hope you're all right there, Janine. Hope you're week uh, yeah. improved at Chris W underscore once is 20 points and more hopefully coming up clear of the relegation place great start back in the football league in my opinion I'm happy where we are at the moment I couldn't tell you where we are going to be at the start of the season at this time an important summer coming up the menace 1881 said great to have Jovi back and more importantly to have a captain who organises and is so vocal on the pitch this team has missed that for so long so that's what I'm Kind of what I was talking about on the pitch, it can't be underestimated. His experience, his calmness, his voice. We saw that when we won the National League, kind of just him not being 100% fully fit, but having his presence on the pitch was calm. I think Justin said on more than one occasion he'd rather have a Joby McAuliffe on the pitch at like 70 80%. He'd like he'd play him, like you wouldn't need him 100% because what he would do on the pitch in terms of how we bring everyone else up 10 20%. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Joffin on tweeted us and said that was a proper football league performance with purpose and solidity Clay was immense again the way he fended off their player to set up the first goal was superb McAnuff was classed so pleased for him Johnson has to keep being played in the middle CM Oriental said a very well deserved win and three points got to say Clay was immense and alongside Cissé ran the midfield so much better in the middle now that Clay has a decent midfielder in Cissé Marsh and Brophy also solid but also praise for the save from the Orient keeper. Wow. Terence Coates too. So it's a great day all round. So many positives. Didn't concede immediately. All players put in a good shift with their goal. I'm oddly encouraged that it wasn't the whole defence that fought for a change and the team saw the game through and of course the return of the McEnough. It's a good point that you know, we've been criticising the team for switching off straight after we scored all yeah. the vital moments and, and, and we didn't yesterday. Gorillas1985 said, we've now gone seven games unbeaten at home. The last time we did that was the 13-14 season. Some great performances from Clay Johnson, Brophy Marsh and Cissé and imagine next season we could have a midfield with Joby and Cissé. What a wonderful cameo by Joby. Hashtag we can catch Salford. Nice one, Lee. Hope you had a good day <coughs> taking your new, well, not newborn son, six, seven month old son to his first ever Amazing. late in Orient game. I haven't taken so Theo yet. Hope you had a great day with the wife and a little one. So, one game out of one, Mr. Yeah. Lee, you are falling behind. Wheeler, <laughs> Dennis, it's an excellent performance and a good advert for League Two. Special mention to Clay, Brophy, and Marsh, but the outstanding moment of the game came when Joby came on in the second half as most of the South Stand stood and applauded the return of our captain. Great to see him back. Uh, I am underscore emo said, much better. Thought the team looked up for it. If Joe B can play a part in the remaining games, then we could have a decent finish to the season. Coulson was much better yesterday. Didn't think anyone had a poor game. All played well, 
even the subs. Lee Boyce 23. So look nervous towards the end again, but confidence is growing under Ross and performances are getting better and more consistent. Coulson and Clay back to their best and everything is coming together. Having Joby back gave everybody a massive boost. And the final word this week, but just before I do read this, I think you can just tell the difference in the tweets and the way people are thinking and feeling. And it's not the fact that we've only chosen the happy tweets. If there were critical tweets in there, those will go in for balance yeah, as well. But... You know, you can just see the overwhelming majority of fans are now seeing the work that Ross is trying to do and what what he's trying to achieve by his his formation. Whether you agree with four four two or not, whether you agree with Ross being manager or not, I think we are making strides forward. I, I don't know how you can be ultra negative after yesterday. It's yeah. a good win. Uh, your January signings like Vigaru has made an important part. Danny Johnson scored a goal. JMD's played well. Who's uh, Oos has played really well Coulson looks much better than what he had done earlier in the season and McInnes back so yeah. if you're being ultra critical like we've got in our negatives of the week you go okay we did keep a clean sheet and you didn't kill him off earlier but I think even the most kind of critical Orient fan would find it very hard to be very very negative after yesterday Pick but I'm sure out. they are still out there Oh, absolutely. They're just not particularly vocal. Uh, so the final word this week goes to at MS Orient, who said, A1 performance from every player. From the first to the last minute, our game management was outstanding. You had 11 Orient players turn up, and when that happens, we're capable of competing. We move on to Bradford with 100% confidence. Yeah, fantastic tweet, tweet there from Mr. Schaffer. So those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any that have been read out, you can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com and don't forget to like us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast or follow us on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Very good. Very well remembered. So, Prediction League as we moved on and quite a lot of people got uh, a correct prediction of 2-1 to the O. So, absolute kudos to you. But the overall uh, kudos goes to Nice Shot Steve, John McNobby, uh, John McNobby, however you pronounce it, Ben Porter CT, Mark Soichuk, Reedy QB9, Dave M1812. You guys all correctly predicted 2-1 and you correctly predicted a scorer. So you get four points. So extra special props to you. Yeah, that means the top of the prediction league table is as follows. So Steve Chaplin 4 is still top on 25 points, followed Behind by 22 points, East London Exile, and in joint third place on 21 points, Floodgate, Pills the Doman, and PM31970. And as always, thanks for your predictions. Absolutely. So then we'll move on to Sunday, the 8th of March, and today we're remembering Laurie Cunningham, who was born on this day back in 1956, arguably Leighton Orient's greatest ever player, who went on to become the first Englishman to play for Real Madrid and the first black footballer to represent England at international level. Yeah, always be a part of Leighton Orient's proud history. And yeah. obviously, being kids of the 80s, we missed him, but there's yeah. still lots of people who absolutely say he was the best thing since last break. And obviously, is, I guess, yeah. playing for Real Madrid. I mean, you could never imagine that. Imagine playing for Orient, and then you go to West Brom, and then you're at Real Madrid. Two steps. Never imagine, like, so never happened these days. I went on the Bernabeu tour. And forgot about it, and then I'm looking through the history. And I'm like, oh my god, there's a late Orient. Of course, Laurie Cunningham. Yeah, so crazy. he's in there. He's in their museum. It's unbelievable. Part of their Hall of Fame. So it is amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Also, today JMD was named in the League Papers League Two Team of the Day following his performance against Cambridge. So a massive well done to Jordan, and more of the same, please. 
Mr Maguire drew. Absolutely. The ladies' team were in action, uh, league action as it was today. They were away to AFC Basildon. Unfortunately, they lost the game 2-0, so unlucky to the ladies. International Ladies' Day as well, unlucky ladies. One team of ladies won. Who is? The the AFC Basildon ladies won. I don't care about them. All right, (laughs) let's wrap this up then at 63 minutes. Not bad at all. So, Fantasy Football Update. Andy Chalk is top of the Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy Football League on 1,746 points. Head of Pat Morgan in second place. I'm in 154th place out of 286 players. So I'm not doing very well. My aim for the rest of the season is to get into top 100. Or I've got a few Man City players and they're playing twice this week. So hopefully they can turn it around. Good spot. Um, Dream Team then. Our Hawks is top of the Orient Outlook Podcast Dream Team League on 1,621 points. He's just six points ahead of Ben Boatman, who is in second place. Steve isn't doing too bad here. 37th out of 87 players. Yeah, absolutely. So that wraps up fantasy football positives and negatives of the week. Yeah, positives. So I'll do the positives. We have four this week. First of all, yesterday's win equals three points, equals us moving two places up the table. So really happy with that. Second positive, seven unbeaten at home now, which is a new record stretching back. Or last equaled in the 2013 and 14 season. Uh, although the next home game is going to be Plymouth at home. That is going to be a tough Tuesday one. night. Tuesday yeah. week, yeah. Third positive, probably the biggest positive for many people, is the return of Joby McEnough. Like we said, well, like we both said in our roundup, the views, it cannot be underestimated the impact that will have on not the fan base and the staff, but the club as a whole. And the last positive, Fox in the box, two in two now, up and away running. Hopefully now he goes and scores many more for our club so those were the four positives this week negatives yeah uh, we made the game harder than it should have been uh, by not managing it as well as we probably could or should yeah uh, the new injuries Connor Josh and Sam Sargent so hopefully uh, they'll recover quickly it's not too bad uh, and uh, sort of pro- probably clutching at straws a little bit here but no clean sheet yeah. fine yeah absolutely so four positives three negatives for balance always so here are the week it wasn't worth picking this one on Twitter because we both instantly Standard. knew who it was going to be. So this week's, no, this fortnight's Orient Outlet podcast here over the week is... Joby McEnough. Yes, well done, Jobs. Joby McEnough. Although he doesn't listen, but we're going to give it to him. <laughs> so next week's fixtures in, it's just the one fixture coming up for the O's as we travel to Bradford City on Saturday the 14th of March. So Bradford City, many people's tip for the top they were definitely my tip for the top to be honest they made a lot yeah. of great signings in the summer they're ninth in league two so not having the best of seasons obviously sacked Gary Bowyer and now got short up the coin for the third time uh, it seems to be their favourite yeah their go to they're and I think four points off the playoff places now they lost 2-0 away to Salford on Saturday I mean they're still capable of doing it they've still got some very dangerous players in there James Vaughan, Clayton Donaldson. They've got some decent players up front. Yeah. So if you go in, have a safe journey. And why not tweet us on your way to the match, during the match, or on your journey home. Yes. So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads with a Z, LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah. That is it. That is it. But just to mention, Big Ads will be co-hosting the podcast with me uh, next week as Paul is... I can't remember what you said. 
engagement and birthday. Paul is engagement and birthday. No, so sorry, not a, a golden a golden wedding anniversary yeah. and uh, my friend's mum's uh, parents. So Paul's doing the hat trick. Um, but if you've liked big ads on the podcast before, make sure you listen next week as he's co-hosting for the first time, which is very different. From and the he's first going to Bradford as well, so he can give some great valuable insight. Very nicely done. So all right, that is it. Thanks for joining us for episode. 211. It's been two weeks since the last pod in what seems like an age as the O's trip to Forest Green Rangers was postponed last week. However, when the O's did finally make it onto the pitch against Cambridge, we saw a great first half performance that put us two up at half time. And although Cambridge did pull a goal back and make life difficult for us, we saw out the win to get a valuable three points as Joby McEnough also made his return from injury to leave O's fans with plenty of reasons to be positive going into the last 10 games of the season, starting with Bradford City next Saturday yeah so if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe give the podcast a review if you're listening on SoundCloud Spotify TuneIn Stitcher or any other podcast platform add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them we are also on smart speakers so listening to us has got even easier but if you've got an older relative a loved one a friend uh, who has a passing interest in us mate in Orient for example and you think that they might like some of the stuff that we do uh, help them download it for them pass the pod on so as Steve said earlier we're going to be back with episode 212 next week I'm not going to be so you're going to be in great hands with Steve and Adam next week with all the information and all the views that you could ever need yeah absolutely so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up yo's.